Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's podcast. This week's special guest is Rodney. Rodney is a YouTuber, an Instagrammer, TikToker, all social media platforms, essentially. <laughs> he makes great content, a lot of cosplay stuff that I really enjoy watching, as well as a lot of the natural scenery, and he helps with tricking, and he does a lot of other content and works with a lot of different artists. This week, we really go into the creative process that goes into creating his type of work, the types of artists that have inspired him, the ones that continue to inspire him, and some of the processes that he goes into making these videos. Hope you guys enjoy and let me know what you think. There he is. Now you got to meet hey. Craig. <laughs> hey, Craig. <laughs> um, today we have uh, Ronnie on. Ronnie, do you want to introduce yourself to the people that are listening? Hi, um, I'm Rodney. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm on the game show. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Hi, my name is Rodney. I'm 28 years old, and I currently work in a hospital. But none of that is relevant because I make videos. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i've been making videos for the past 10 years now making or doing photography for the past 11 years and yeah what what would you say your would you have a name for like your style or the type of film like you like to create mm, not quite so i think so I remember asking some friends to like describe my style for me, like giving uh -huh. like five words or something. And the three major ones I think I remember popping up were like vibrancy, uh -huh. happiness, and um, I think like one was like eclectic or like uniqueness. Um, so I definitely like a lot of the bright colors when I can use them. Um, I think a lot of my things focus around like a feeling of hype or happiness. I don't really deal too much of like um like seriousness or like grief or that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and then um over the years i've just picked up a lot of different styles so i like to film like martial artists dancers i like to do vlogs um because of like the pandemic i've been doing a lot of anime based things recently yeah. <laughs> and um sometimes i i do like lyric videos so it's all kind of just it depends I used to call myself an opportunist, right? Until I realized what the word opportunist meant. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it meant someone that takes advantage of the tools around them. But uh -huh. No, it means someone who exploits <laughs> the the um, opportunities around them at the expense of morality and ethics. So it's like oh someone who God, gets what they really? want without regards for anything. <laughs> so it, well, I, is that the textbook definition? Yes. Oh my god, I refer to myself as an opportunist all the time, where I'm like, hey, I see opportunity coming knocking, and I'm going yeah. for it. So I, I think I consider myself a person of opportunity. <laughs> um, like, wow. Um, I think the different phases of my life um, have dictated like what I do. Mm -hmm. So when I was in college, I was definitely around a lot of amazing dancers, so I did a lot of dance videos. Um, when I was in high school, I was learning how to do parkour and tricking. So that was like a lot of my videos back then. After I graduated, um, I wasn't around my friends as much. And that's when I started to start doing more vlogging because I was <clears throat> by myself. Um, I started trying more lyric videos as well. And then, and the, um, again, the pandemic is when I started doing a lot more videos about myself. I usually film other people, but this year it's been like mostly filming myself and seeing how far I can get in a basement and how creative i can get with just household tools yeah i've liked all the stuff that you've been putting out man uh especially since it happens to be more content that i am familiar with so it's easier mm -hmm. for me to be like oh i know what that is and i'm kind of in on you know like there's a, a connection when it's like hey i know what he's doing but not mm -hmm. everybody knows what i'm doing like i'm, I'm part of the cool kids club <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, like I get that, and that's really well done. And I was like, awesome. and then another part of it too is like being friends. 
it's nice to know mm-hmm. that you know i'm like oh like i didn't know he messed with that anime like i didn't know he was such a big fan or i didn't know he was oh yeah and and so you're like oh like i liked it but i didn't know he liked it that much it's like mm-hmm. as much as me and i was like oh that's super cool and it's just uh for me it's like i feel like i've got to learn a lot more about you through the work you've done which is yeah. really cool because i think the work you do um <clears throat> put out there is really expressive as to who you are as a person. Thank you. Yeah, I so that's actually something I've been thinking about for the past few years. When I first started making videos, I didn't feel like they were um as expressive as they are now. And I remember my art teacher being like, art is about expression. Like at the root of it, art is expression. And I was like, I don't know. I think I just make stuff because it looks cool. Uh-huh. But then <laughs> as I like got better at art I realized like the things I put into my art were like parts of my life. And Uh that like, even if I didn't think about it, that was me expressing myself. So like that vibrancy, that happiness and stuff I've always like enjoyed the most about life and art. Um, Or especially now that I'm doing like skits and stuff, like I'm expressing how much I like anime or how much I love like certain moves or how much I love the storytelling part of it or how much I enjoy acting. Um, um, so I feel like, yeah, definitely now, um, with TikTok, I've had a chance to express myself more through video, which I didn't think I would ever do. I thought video would just be like, kind of, um, like still cool, but not as, um, thought out, I guess. Sure. Like, <laughs> or as, as personal expressive as I thought it would or... be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, so when finding new techniques to complement your new interests, because you were speaking of like back in college uh, with the tricking and the martial artists that you were filming mm-hmm. on there. How do you go about finding new techniques or new mm-hmm. um, styles to add to uh, try and bring out what you're recording and to enhance like the current set of skills that you already have? Yeah. Um, excellent question, Spencer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, so I feel like I try to, well, in the past, I would try to find a new skill or edit style that was very close to what I already had. So when okay. I first started filming videos, um, they were very much um, martial arts based. And I was learning to film from this guy named Dustin Shepard. Okay. I would always watch his videos. And he, I think, is the backbone to a lot of my mindset. That, um, there's like Dustin Shepard martial arts. Um, art, which I went to classes for for like eight years, mm-hmm. and then the sciencey side of me all contribute to like my baseline style. Okay. Um, so from them, I kind of like I got very in tune with using music as a backbone, mm-hmm. and then as I um like started doing more things, I was like, okay, how can I use music to like enhance things more? How can I add to my edits? Like, is there like a blur effect I can try? Is there a text effect I can try? So when I, like, get put in new situations, I try and just, like, find, like, one small little tweak that can make it better. Okay. Um, another example is um, one summer when I was at school in Boulder, I was staying at my friend Leslie's place. And um, Leslie had, like, this big living room area. Mm-hmm. So There's, like, a lot of empty space that I could use. And so I was like, okay, I have, um, I can make videos of myself doing tricking. Um I have the musicality, but how do I use this open space to further enhance my videos? So uh-huh. now it's like, okay, I'm going to try um, doing more like dance type videos. I'm going to try and clone myself since I have the space to do it. I'm going to try and um, work with like the lighting a bit. So it all depends on my environment, I guess. Um, but this year, um, you'll hear me. I think you'll hear me say that a lot. Like this year. Um, <laughs> Been I've, been, <laughs> I've been scaring myself a lot more i've been putting myself in a lot more situations where i just like i see something and i go for it mm-hmm. um so instead of like trying to like gradually like incorporate new techniques i'm just like you know what i'm gonna take a whole week and learn how to make energy beams <laughs> oh. <laughs> i'm gonna like torture myself look through all these tutorials and i'm just gonna do it and i think i've had the most success because i've just been pushing myself so hard and I've had a lot of failed videos that people don't even know about, but I've had uh-huh. so many good videos this year. Yeah. Um, so, 
when you say like yeah. fail and good videos, do you mm -hmm. what what do you use to measure whether it's failed or it's good? Is it just something that you personally feel is good or is there like a set of metrics that you're using for yourself to kind of determine that? Yeah. Um, so I have like, I guess two definitions. Um, I can tell when the video is um, what I think is inherently good. Like I can tell like, Oh yeah, I really killed the edit. Um, or I really like made those effects really nice or um, that looks really quality mm -hmm. um and i can feel good about that but there's also the side of how what does it actually do um so i think there's like a collective good or bad but i do have to separate them because i've made some amazing videos i was like yes that took me 40 hours of work to do yeah and nobody watches it it gets like 200 views 50 views sometimes like 16 views uh -huh. and then <laughs> Like with TikTok, especially, I've done things where I was purposely doing poor work, and I was like, "LOL, that why did I say LOL? Oh my gosh, TikTok!" <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, "I was like, haha or whatever." Yeah. That shot was so ugly, but I don't care. And then recently, like a video like that got three hundred thousand views. So, <laughs> like personally, I said that was a bad video, but it, like to everyone else, it was like a successful video. Oh. Um. So I try to be very cognizant of kind of separating those two when I need to, mm -hmm. um, because there have been times where I need to remind myself, like, my stuff didn't suck. It just didn't get watched. Yeah. And I think there's a very big difference between those two things. Absolutely. And I think it's difficult because you're fighting against the algorithms as well. Mm hmm. Like... Every once in a while, I'll go on a friend that I haven't seen or like a post comes up and I'm like, oh, I haven't seen what this person's been up to for quite a while. So like, let's click on the profile. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what the hell? None of their stuff has popped up in my feed for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how did I miss all of this content on there? And mm -hmm. uh, that's got to be frustrating to <laughs> not yeah. have your stuff that you put out there um, be picked up by everybody else. Because... Mm -hmm. It's happened, I don't know. I, I could think of a couple friends where it's happened to rather frequently. Mm -hmm. I can't, like, if we're not in a group chat, I, like, I don't know. I, I feel like there are people in the blip with the Avengers where they just slowly just <laughs> fade away. And I'm like, oh, no, what I, I forgot. <laughs> I need to check on this person. <laughs> yeah. But with editing and going through all of the skills that you've picked up through the year, at least from the outside, because <clears throat> this isn't something that I've personally done, but something I've always been interested in. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's such a large uh, entry barrier to get in on it with having a good camera, with having the right software, with having all the tools to be able to complete certain mm -hmm. uh, effects. And how has that been like has that been your experience or what was it like for you getting into it and continue to expand yeah um so i'm gonna start kind of backwards so i think these days it's a little bit easier to get into it just because everyone everyone is like starting it now mm -hmm. and it's interesting because i saw comments on tiktok where someone made a video and like oh i'm just trying this out and people are like already critiquing it like you need to make your keyframes shorter try this effect I'm like wow like people weren't talking like that 10 years ago <laughs> like nobody knew at all how to edit yeah and now it's like there's like different apps going on even for like your mobile devices um and there's like less of a pressure to be perfect i feel although okay. there's more of a pressure to be famous but um for me i feel like my my path into editing was um kind of I don't know. It felt natural for me, I guess. Okay. Well, the, so the very first video I made <laughs> was for a Spanish project. And I think it's still my Facebook. I had to um, make a video about a famous um, Spanish-speaking celebrity. Uh -huh. And she was like a chef. And so I remember I was like, I don't know how to make videos. And my friend Alex at the time, he was like on Twitter. And he was like kind of hip. And he's like, I can teach you how. <clears throat> so he taught me like how to use Windows Live Movie Maker and how to cut, and it was so bad. Like I basically oh. just like took pictures and videos of this lady, 
added like effects that weren't needed, some Daft Punk, <laughs> and I thought it was the best thing ever. <laughs> um, but it was like so random and funky that my teacher liked it. Uh-huh. And then I had to do another project, and it was like our final project about basically we needed to use certain phrases and certain vocabulary. And I like went all out, and he uses it as an example. Mm-hmm. But that was like the first time I like really edited and made a video. And from there, um, like in that video, I had like an action scene. I had some art in there. Um, I had music going. And then from there, I was just kind of like, huh, how can I like try that again? Yeah. So I just started like making like little videos of myself and my friends learning how to do martial arts. Uh-huh. Um, videos of um, like random things I saw in life. And I just kind of um, basically I just like tried to like learn a new thing every time. And also incorporate again Dustin Shepard's stuff okay. um, to like. I want to be like him at one point. And I was like, I want to be just as cool as him. And so I finally <laughs> like, found my own style. Yeah. So yeah. I I don't know. This has been my experience in terms of kind of admiring <clears throat> someone's work until you are familiar in the field to develop your own. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like I I feel like you have to have a direction going to somewhere so like when i wanted to start podcasting i listened to podcasters that i thought were good (laughs) and i'll Mm -hmm. and you know try to emulate that to a degree but it's like i'm not going to be like my number one goal is not to be joe rogan (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i i do not have his background i'm not a comedian i don't Mm -hmm. like but there were certain aspects of him that I really enjoyed. And then as I listened to other podcasters, I go, Oh, like it's entertaining how certain people can engage with the listener without actually having them on there, which I thought was interesting. And then you just kind of pick up different techniques and different skills that you like, and then you kind of mash them until it just becomes your own thing. Yes. It's kind of like fusion food. I don't know if you've had some of the like Asian Mexican fusion food or I mean the (laughs) the Mexican food in the United States. I I feel like you could consider fusion food because a burrito here is very different than a burrito in California or a burrito in Mexico. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it's not like they're bad. They're just different. And yeah, I, I like that. You you make your own burrito. You become the burrito you want to be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which for me, I'm I'm all about the <clears throat> the sauciness. I I mm-hmm. like a a nice covered uh, burrito. Mm. Man, I'm yeah. getting hungry. <laughs> but with... I think um, a lot of people start off with like some sort of goal when they're editing. Like, rarely mm-hmm. do people just like want to like. I want to just like make videos. It's usually like. I want to make this kind of video and then they try it and then they try and get better. And then as they're getting better at that one subject, they're learning all these skills and techniques. And so that little influence is kind of like always lingering around. And then that's Mm -hmm. when they like think, how do I want to further this or where do I want to go with this? And I think that happened with me. Like at first it was just like a Spanish project. And then I was like, Oh, I want to like make martial arts videos. Uh And then I was like, Hmm, I can film other people. I can like make it look good. I can like add better effects. And then Mm -hmm. it just, blossomed what um what do you like to do while you're kind of limited because i know you said right now you're expanding and doing a lot of different techniques and things that you haven't done before that are a little Mm -hmm. bit intimidating but when hopefully the pandemic ends soon fingers crossed here but Mm -hmm. (laughs) like when things open up are you looking to kind of continue down that realm in terms of using newer techniques or are you looking to get back into some of the other stuff that you were doing before and maybe trying to go back to uh, just different scenery? Like we, the, you do a lot of stuff shooting in uh, the mountains that I thought was beautiful Mm -hmm. and working with different people. Uh, Thank you. And so I was curious to see if that is something you're more interested in going back to or like what, What's for the future for Rodney? <laughs> yeah, I try not to think about it too much. Like, now it's fine, but um, because I can never, like, quite figure out an answer. Because, uh-huh. um, like, right now I'm, like, building a TikTok following off of, like, uh, like only a partial aspect of myself. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people know me as, like, the guy who cosplays Spike 
and like makes anime edits. I'm like, yeah, that's me, but I also have this other side. <laughs> um, and I was like thinking once the pandemic ends, how am I going to balance that, or will I balance that? Uh-huh. Um, so I'm not quite sure. I do miss those videos though, so I think I'm going to still do them. I just don't know how much. Gotcha. Um, I think I've only filmed like one quote-unquote regular video this year mm-hmm. um, with my friend Abby. Okay. Um, and that felt really refreshing. It felt like I was like meeting, well, I was meeting an old friend, like literally, but I also <laughs> felt like I was meeting an old friend metaphorically, like which was like filming other people and like grooving with a dancer while they're in person. Uh-huh. Um, I almost filmed, oh, speaking of the mountains, I almost filmed a video of my friend. She's a figure skater. I don't know if you've ever seen her videos, Jamie Chandler. I know who you're talking um, about. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was like, homie. you've posted videos. I've definitely seen them. They're amazing. Yes. Um, a while back, she was like, hey, um, the lake is frozen where I am or like in Breckenridge or something. Do you want to film a video? And I thought that would be amazing. Um, I forgot why, but I couldn't. Uh-huh. But that would have been like, that would have been something I was looking forward to. But yeah, stuff like that. I want to do again. And I'm hoping to get a new camera this year and just like do some crazy stuff with people. It, I just don't know how much, to, but it's still yeah. there. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I, I don't know. That's one of the, I think, bright sides of all of this is that, uh, and this being the pandemic, is that there was a lot of things that I didn't realize I, I had the opportunity and the pleasure of doing on a consistent basis. And so... Mm-hmm. I think I'll have a different appreciation of returning to those activities when things o- open back up mm-hmm. and somewhat, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think things will return to normal, but they will return to something. <laughs> yeah. Return to comfortable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so like, I just, I, I'm excited to do those things again with uh, people I haven't seen in a long time. And I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to that. Yeah, well, I wanted to ask a. Sorry, I feel like I just want to ask you a thousand questions. So ask away. <laughs> I have a thousand and one answers. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I like to hear. <laughs> uh, when you went to Japan, I I saw some of the uh, stuff you put together while you're out there. Was mm-hmm. it? Did you have a harder time filming out there, or did you have? Because you speak a little bit of Japanese, uh, mm-hmm. and was it difficult to like put your style and your feelings to it? Like, did you feel comfortable going in? Uh, like the video I'm thinking of specifically is the one where uh, they're tricking. Mm-hmm. Like, did you feel comfortable <laughs> going through and going and doing your, you know, all your work while you were there? Wow, that was a very good question. <laughs> Again, like legitimately, because. <laughs> um, that's something I also thought about. Um, wow, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, Try my best. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, Japan was more of a photography-based trip for me. And so there's two parts to the answer. So for the photography side, mm-hmm. Japan was the first time I really loved taking pictures of things other than people. Um, so before this, when I was doing photography, my passion was doing like portraits and action shots of people. Um, and I felt really uncomfortable doing like landscapes and I didn't really venture off with like anything else like architecture or animals. But when I was in Japan, um, like it's like the scenery there, that's like part of the reason people go. And then I just like magically like got better at landscapes. I was like taking pictures of like architecture all the time. And that like that trip literally changed my perspective and like widened up my variety for photography. Um, in terms of video, I didn't want to do too many videos because I knew that it would be very hard to like um, get the videos I wanted. Like, there's going to be a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't communicate with everyone as much as I wanted to, and there's just like a time limit. And I'm very specific with my videos. And I didn't want it to be a stressful trip. I wanted it to be a fun trip. Yeah. Um, but with the kids, um, Team Tumdra or Tumdra, um, they were really funny, <laughs> and they actually. <laughs> Um, they, they kind of knew English, like their instructor knew English and, um, there was one kid, I forgot his name. I know his face, but he was kind of like their translator Uh because they know some English, but they don't speak as much. And I remember, um, so I was supposed to film with this other guy, this really famous guy named Daisuke. Okay. And, um, 
I had like a whole vision. I was going to like have him in the field and I was going to use um, Battle Cry from the song from Samurai Shampoo by New Jabez and Ooh. like I think his name is Fat John, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, because I wanted it to be like I had this vision of like um, of like the of um, like black and Asian communities come together because like uh-huh. when I watch the like, Samurai Shampoo, especially that is something I feel like when I watch that kind of anime, it's like hip hop, like the black side and then the Asian side, like anime and martial arts, like it's just like unity. Yep. And I felt like that when I was like going to meet with Dice Can, I wanted to like represent that in the tricking video. Oh, that's um, so, so then cool. He, like, but then he had like a like a filming job. He was like filming a commercial or something, so he couldn't go. Oh, so then I was crushed, right? And I was like, oh, I guess <laughs> I won't get my tricking video in Japan. Oh. But then a friend of mine was like, hey, you should check out Team Tumdra. They're like these kids. They're like in Japan. They're really famous. I I barely heard of them. Uh-huh. Um, so I messaged the guy, and um, so he was messaging in English. But when I get there, it's like all in Japanese. So I'm like trying to like scramble and like use everything I know. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> turns out it's pretty easy because like tricking is just like it's like an activity that you can share. So yeah. even if you don't have all the words, you can like show the moves. <laughs> <laughs> and they be like, oh, like cool, like some words in English, or also like sugoi, or like yeah, also like some random stuff. <laughs> um, like I can't even remember what I said now. Like I was so much better back then at oh. speaking Japanese, but um, it was just like really goofy and laid back, and um, like I could bring my filming side to it because I, filming also doesn't necessarily need words. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I also I found out that um. They also like to make videos, so they kind of understood like what I was doing without me having to explain. Versus, um, there have been people where I've worked with them before, and I have mm-hmm. to be like, "So I'm going to be holding the camera, but I will move out the way." Like that's what I do. <laughs> but they like, even if they didn't speak English, that since they like already made videos, they knew like how things work. So that was really nice as well. Oh, that's cool. So you guys <laughs> could just kind of you knew how to vibe with one another and just go, "Okay, like I'm going to be doing my thing, you do your thing. Well, yeah, we'll go from there." Mm-hmm. and then yeah and it was like crazy to see like they're like between ages 11 and 13 tricking like grown adults and now one of them <laughs> is like he's like um people argue on whether or not he's the best in the world like a few years later oh what um that's yeah wild. his name is um shosei um iwamoto i think i i forgot how to spell his last name uh-huh. but or iwatamoto i think um so it was cool to see that in person i was like oh he's gonna be big and then yeah <laughs> you're right <laughs> <laughs> yeah like everyone was like they knew he was good but i don't think they realized just how good he would be in three years mm-hmm. i i feel like that's with a lot of people where it's hard to determine because there's just so many factors like when you're young there's just so many factors that happen in your life whether like you can be really good at a certain sport but mm-hmm. you know something <laughs> can happen to your family something can happen uh, to your interests, you get burnt out on it. And so mm-hmm. it's cool to see people with great potential utilize it and, you know, move forward and do great things. It's, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've always heard like, oh man, like if I would have gone to college and played ball, I would have been amazed. Like, <laughs> but like you did it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what, what is this? What if like you, you mm-hmm. maybe like, you know, oh, maybe if I played football, maybe I'd be a, the, the best linebacker ever, but I did it. Like, I, I didn't play football. <laughs> right. So, I I don't know. Like, I, I try not to live in the what if, and it's l- nice to see people that just went for it, because it's, mm-hmm. it's scary. Like, you don't, you, you put yourself out there, and it's not always going to work out. And so, I am a big fan of seeing things work out for people that try their hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I try to stay no, away from the what if as well. Yeah, it's a dangerous road to go down, right? <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, it's it can also be a good road to go down to be like, okay, what if I try this product? Like, it, it depends how you play it because you're like, all right, mm-hmm. what if I try this new thing? Or what if I go through here? And like, if you're doing the what ifs in terms of building yourself, it, it could be good. But if the right. reason for it is something that's not sustainable or brings true happiness, it could, it could be disastrous. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, no surprise, I'm uh, going to ask you another question. Mm-hmm. I am not an expert in photography at all, but mm-hmm. 
I would imagine for someone with your set of skills, it would be easy to pick out when someone just slaps a filter on something and they're like, yeah, baby. <laughs> My work here is done. <laughs> is um, that, can that be frustrating for you? Or if someone just has like a nice camera, throws one thing on it and is over, do you, does that just seem like hmm. super lazy? If that person were to call themselves a um, <clears throat> like professional photographer? It depends. Um... So I like I struggle between like getting annoyed and not caring sometimes like mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I and sometimes I use that to like hype myself up um mm-hmm. so I've seen a lot of people who are like professional photographers and their work is like doo doo like I try not to be judgmental <laughs> but sometimes you just like that is just it just looks ugly <laughs> yeah um like. It just looks like a, it looks like a deep fried meme. I've seen, I've seen photographers. Their photography looks like deep fried memes. <laughs> and I'm like, I know you're getting paid like 300 an hour for that. Yeah. And so, yeah, sometimes it's frustrating. And I like think to myself, if they're getting paid 300 an hour, you need to like have more confidence in yourself, raise mm-hmm. your prices, um, put yourself out there more. Um, other times, I'm just like, eh, do you? Um, yeah. <laughs> but I. I also I get a little frustrated because sometimes, um, like I do have jealousy sometimes. I'm like, oh, those people are getting like so much attention, even though they're like they're doing the bare minimum or they're not that good. Yeah. Um, I had a friend who, um, like, because sometimes you can't tell. Like sometimes you, they just have good photos and it is what it is, uh-huh. or they use filters and it works out. But I had a friend who, um, she was like dating this guy and she was like telling me about her his work. Mm-hmm. And she's like, look at this Instagram. And I was staring at it. And I, like, you could see the camera was good. Like, the quality was good. Yep. But it was just, like, off. And I was staring. <laughs> and, like, the pictures, like, just didn't make me feel satisfied. Like, the, the framing was off. The subject just wasn't right. Uh-huh. And she goes, isn't he good? And I was afraid to say yes. <laughs> or, I, I mean, I was afraid to say no. But I was yeah. like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, he just started, like, he just started, like, four months ago. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can stop. Yeah, like, oh, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, oh, what camera does he have? And she, like, said it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a nice camera, but his technique is lacking. <laughs> like, I, it's interesting because a lot of the pictures that I really enjoy, there's, like, re- recently, especially on Instagram, it's just been a lot of artwork that people have been loading uh like mm-hmm. uh derek wong is one person that i've really fallen in love with their work recently uh just a lot of artists putting their stuff um that they draw using the computer but mm-hmm. there are certain pictures that i'll really enjoy that seem to capture a moment in time that makes yeah. me feel like i was there and i feel like that's really hard to do with a picture like videos do that because mm-hmm. you're at I feel like it's triggering more senses. Like it's not only just the sight, but now you have the hearing as well. And so mm-hmm. you can immerse yourself more, but uh, I feel like a good picture <clears throat> will, and this, I guess overall, the question I, I want to ask you when I get through the end of this is um, like a picture to me is I look at the picture and I feel myself in the moment. And there's different elements that like capture that feeling for me. Is that, mm-hmm. Like, what are some of the elements that you can, would consider a good picture? Like, what are some of the things that they have to have? Mm, yeah. So I feel like it's hard to judge because there's just so many different variables. And also, I feel like my pictures sometimes aren't that good. Like, I look at them, I'm like, huh. Like, it's a <laughs> decent picture, but it's, like, lacking that flair. And that's what I've been trying to work on a bit in the past, I guess, mm-hmm. one or two years. Um, because there's some pictures that tell stories, but they seem gimmicky. Like there's a lot sure. of like Instagram chants, and I don't think they're like necessarily bad. They just like it tries so much that I feel like it's fake and doesn't relate as much. Sure. Um, but I, I guess a good picture to me is just something that genuinely like it. You, hmm, you make it work. I don't know how to. I don't know how to express it, but you can make, um, okay, I'm going to use an analogy. I so love analogies. In, <laughs> in martial arts, right, um, we focus on things like technique, 
Yep. Um, like stamina, power, speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically, ideally, you should be good at like everything, but you're not going. It to. Helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like, like for me, um, I'm, I have really stiff hips, and so there's certain things I can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I may not have the best technique, and I also have like um, exercise-induced asthma, so I may not have the best stamina. Uh-huh. But I still make it work. Like my technique may be ugly, but in the end, I still get that end result. And I yeah. feel like that's with photography. Um, you may not need to have the best framing or the coolest subjects, but if you can somehow just bring what you have to the table and make it work, I don't know. It just happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's just some magic that you can encapsulate within the photo. Yeah, I do think there's. Um. I guess color theory is a big thing for me. Or okay. not, not necessarily like strict color theory, but how well someone uses the colors. Could you, could people... you dive into like color theory a little bit? Because I'm not super yeah. familiar. <laughs> so I say the word color theory, I really just mean... Actually, I want to I wanna Google the definition just so I don't butcher it. Because <laughs> um, I think I know what it is just from like my years of experience, but I don't want to... Um... Okay, so in visual arts, color theory is a body of practical guidance to color mixing and visual effects of special color combinations. So yes, that's what I thought, but um, how you use your colors and how they relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen some pictures that have like everything, but it just like the colors are just ugly um, and they just like don't resonate well. Um, I definitely enjoy a well-colored picture or a well-colored video. It definitely... Um, like it physically makes me like happy when I see mm-hmm. good colors. Okay. Um, but it's hard because like I struggle with it. Like I have a vision, but mm-hmm. like getting that actual color to happen on my edits is yeah. hard. Um, but when people nail it, I like really appreciate it. Um, but otherwise, when it comes to like things I like always need to have in a good photo, it just depends because I I've had. I have, like, so many different types of photos mm-hmm. um, that it's hard to, like, have, like, a strict guideline. Sure, because depending on what you're trying to capture, it's going to be different for each kind of style mm-hmm. that you're going for, right? Yeah. Okay. That, that's totally legit. I also wanted to know, in terms of taking a picture, mm-hmm. the only skill I have is I, for whatever reason, when I travel, people are like, Oh, please take take picture, and I get handed the phone for mm-hmm. random people, for the people I'm with. Like, I just get asked to take the picture. I I must have it written on my face that I love <laughs> doing it. Like, oh, you look like you'd want to take. It. Go ahead. And so, mm-hmm. like, I do my best to like try and capture the angle and capture the lighting and make people stand mm-hmm. in the right way to try and place like an equal emphasis on you know the background and them as well. And depending yeah. on what's around, like trying to make the most focus and then I'll always take I try to take like 20 pictures just like some of both some of one some of the other some uh that way they can at least choose for themselves and I I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself for people I don't know but it's like I (laughs) whatever they had inclination of them to be like to reach out for you for help I want that whatever archetype thinking in their head to be valid or validified (laughs) Mm-hmm. Be like, oh yes, I'm glad I asked that person. He he did a good <laughs> job. <laughs> but I wanted to know when taking the picture on there, how much work would go into like Photoshop or editing um, mm-hmm. versus the picture just being <clears throat> taken there on the spot? And is yeah. it different for the different styles that you take? Like if you're going for uh, a different feel, is it more Photoshop? And the picture you take initially doesn't matter. If you don't mind diving into I'm- that. Yeah, I think I'm very edit heavy, especially because I think I was more of an editor before a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started editing just for fun in high school, and I didn't really take too many pictures. I would just like ask people if I could edit their photos, mm-hmm. or I, I would find something online and edit it from there. And I used to think I wanted to be like a graphic designer, so that was like the backbone to a lot of stuff. Gotcha. Um, and I think my editing got way better before my photography got better. Um, my photography, I felt like, was lacking for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, even though I could, like, take a picture that was bad and still, like, edit it to make it look good, I wanted to b- 
be better photographer and like know this more of my subjects use more of my background um start working more with lighting um so i definitely am more edit heavy and gotcha. then i was gonna say something else i kind of forgot the question i just know what i was feeling <laughs> uh, <laughs> can, can a um, bad picture be saved with editing oh absolutely um sometimes you can't quite um fudge it but sometimes you can just like people will never know it's bad um <laughs> and that's what i like about editing like there's so much opportunity to like take something and make it amazing yeah um especially when you edit in raw which is a style where your um your image isn't like compressed and you have a lot more um room to like play around with stuff so i've had a picture where i had my cameras on the wrong setting because they just got my camera cleaned uh-huh. and so everything was darker um it was like sunset but like it was blue hour so like the sky looked kind of blue my subject was blue mm-hmm. um and then like my angle was off but because i like edited it i made it look like it was like warm it was bright it was happy um, gotcha so yeah i could feel so, a lot like very vibrant mm-hmm. nice. before it was like kind of murky which wasn't my style what what do you like to use to edit um, I use Photoshop. Okay. Yeah. Um, so currently I have the Adobe Cloud, so the most current Photoshop. But for the longest time, I had Adobe Photoshop CS5, which was pretty old. I got it like in 2011. And I just switched um, like this past year, actually. I got Adobe Cloud and upgraded everything. Nice. So you get all the Adobe tools <laughs> yes it's crazy there's so many things i don't even use but it's nice to like have it just in case yeah yeah mm-hmm. the that's one benefit of the subscription model is uh everything is up to date and you get the most current everything <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah have you ever messed with any of the uh, open source tools no so i'll get like too anxious to try oh. i'm like ah oh, <laughs> it took me this long to learn everything and i have to like learn something else um Actually, that's a little bit of a lie. I guess uh, GIMP mm-hmm. technically counts. Um, I did start using GIMP for a while, and that was my first um, like real photo software. Before, I was using things like PhotoFlex or Picnic on on like Google Chrome or oh. on the internet. And then I did use GIMP for a few years, and then I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. I can like use layers and like do real edits. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like as tempting as it is, because there's a lot of like really awesome stuff these days. Yep. I'm kind of just like sticking with Adobe just because I'm still I still have a lot to learn. And it's just like it's a little bit scary thinking of like having to restart, but maybe one day. I I do feel like it's a really marketable skill too. Like if you mm-hmm. ever were to get hired by somebody and they're like, hey, we need an editor for this. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a widely used uh product through Yeah everywhere I've worked at least like our creative department always needed uh, access to it with the uh, Mm -hmm. expensive license. (laughs) Um, With your skill going from GIMP to Photoshop, do you feel like those carried over or did you feel like you had to completely learn something else? Um, I feel like it carried over. Um, So actually that, was kind of similar to me going from like a point and shoot camera to a DSLR. Okay. Um, so they were both like my point and shoot camera was like very basic, but I used it so much that I was like learning things before I even knew they had names. Uh-huh. And then once I switched to a DSLR, I was like, oh yeah, there's like an actual like setting for that. And I understand how that works. I just don't quite know how to get there. But once I get there, I can figure it out. Gotcha. So with GIMP, I was like learning how layers worked. I was learning about like feathering. Um, blending things together and then once i moved to photoshop i like didn't know how to like physically use the software like i didn't know how much power it had but once i started to familiarize myself with it i was like oh okay that's what this thing is called i know how to do that kind of um so i think getting into gimp for that short period of time really helped me transition into photoshop gotcha just like kind of getting a good hold of the foundations yeah because i think like GIMP was pretty powerful, um, like it was like I I would consider it like a legitimate thing that people can use, but Photoshop was just like even more 
but Gimple's still like a very good precursor to that. Gotcha. Neat. Do you ever have a hard time separating the editor and you <laughs> from just trying to enjoy things through? Uh, like, there's little techniques I'll notice on YouTube, and like once I notice that, then I start seeing it in all different YouTube videos or movies, and then it just mm-hmm. bugs me, and it like kind of snaps me out from being immersed in that um, in whatever medium that is. Is that do you ever experience that where you you just can't stop noticing things? Yep. Um, you'll, you'll never go back to the old life. <laughs> um, yeah. So like in commercials, I'll notice like sad music and I'm always like, oh, they're playing sad music. Why this song at that timing? And then I like, I stop feeling sad or I don't even feel sad. I'm just like, oh, I see what they're trying to do. Um, and like comedic <laughs> things, I like think about the music or like the placing of like certain things. Mm-hmm. So if it's like if it's like really cheesy, then I have a hard time getting into it. But if it's like a decent film, I can enjoy myself. But I am yeah. constantly just like critiquing things. I remember in the Power Rangers movie that came out. Uh-huh. Um, I just remember I was like, why are the like why do they have all these funky camera angles? Like it just didn't make sense. <laughs> and I kept like it was like very distracting. Like I was like, wow, these are just like I don't know. They're 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 weird. They're yeah. unique, but they don't look good. Um, <laughs> I also like to just... Um, I notice different cuts. So, like, in Avengers, in the action sequences, mm-hmm. I was noticing, like, tricking. And then I would notice how they would cut things. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can't see their faces because it's a stunt double. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I recognize that stunt double. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, yeah, I just notice things all the time. Um and then, of course, on TikTok, I'm always, like, watching how people are doing things to, like, improve myself. Uh-huh. Or I just notice, like, um, like people will do certain things. And I'll notice, like, oh, yeah, if you took one step to the left, your edit wouldn't work. But I notice that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do that same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you, like, having joined uh, TikTok and you're on Instagram and YouTube, is there mm-hmm. a platform that you feel is... Uh, best for trying to uh, work with other people or try and learn and get more involved with the community? Is there one that you've experienced uh, or do they all kind of merge together to get that experience of uh, with the community and learning and becoming better? Yeah, so people 23 and up are going to hate this, but TikTok is the best platform right now to do all that. <laughs> um, so like, people I, think of I don't t- have it, so I'm curious, like, <laughs> I would love to hear why it's like the best and like what you like about it and what yeah. what's so engaging on there. So at the moment, TikTok is a fairly accepting community and very supportive. Um, it's going to change once like more and more people get on there. Of course, mm-hmm. just like Instagram changed and Facebook changed. Um, but I have never experienced the amount of support I have until I got to TikTok. Um, like, if you're afraid of trying something new, and, like, you'll say, like, hey, I'm kind of nervous, people will, like, just encourage you. Like, random mm-hmm. strangers will be like, hey, you got this, and they'll follow you and give you advice. Um, that doesn't really happen on YouTube unless you're famous. Um, on Instagram, it doesn't, again, doesn't really happen that much. People don't really converse as much on Instagram. They kind of just leave comments. Mm-hmm. Um, on TikTok, like, people will hype up small businesses just because they're a small business and they see they're trying. Um, and there's less of a pressure to be... Um, amazing it's just there's a, just a an appreciation for being genuine and trying mm-hmm. things that's and, cool yeah so i think tiktok is a really good place for people to start things especially if they don't know if they're um gonna be good at it, i guess like instagram is like so critical and youtube is so critical um like YouTube, especially wants things to be like amazing and professional. It feels like unless you're purposely mm. trying to be bad. Instagram, sure. you can just like make a chill video and people will hype it up just because you put your ideas out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I YouTube. I feel like is an interesting space because not only is it just casual people trying to put content out there and connect mm-hmm. with others in a community, but you know, multi-billion dollar industries are pumping out videos as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so when, as a viewer, your expectation of what the content that you're watching is a little different, where you're like, oh, like, I watched these people put out this video. 
I don't understand why, you know, so-and-so, when they put out their video, that their video's garbage. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's that's one guy working by himself, you know, yeah. trying to put all this together. And, like, he's just, maybe his main interest is what he's working on in the video, not maybe the video process itself. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, I am someone who always enjoys going through comments on videos. I don't, I don't like looking at comments for anything that I do, <laughs> but I, I love looking at the top comments for uh, different YouTube videos and just being, mm-hmm. seeing what people think. And I'm like, oh man, like I had such a different experience watching that than the people in the comments below. Like, yeah. oh, that's, that's weird. Like why, why are there so many, like, I feel like there are a lot more haters on YouTube than anywhere else. Oh yes. And YouTube it's is like, it has like Reddit energy compared to TikTok. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like that that guy's funny. And if you don't like his content, like go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, why why keep coming back and like, you know, crapping on this guy that's just putting stuff out there? I don't know. I yeah. <laughs> I have a hard time with super toxic people um just shitting on others for the work that they're putting out there and mm-hmm. Like, it's free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I remember growing up and, like, just going to the library because I didn't have the internet and I I liked reading and there was so much stuff there. And I was like, man, the I feel like the content I had was limited until uh, YouTube really started getting big and all these other platforms started getting big. And I was like, oh, man, there's, like, other stuff outside of the TV and Toonami. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Toonami. Man, oh, still around, isn't it? Like just on Saturdays? Uh, yeah, on the Adult Swim. Yeah, man, Toonami was incredible. They had mm-hmm. some of the all-time best animes ever to come out on there. Yep. Ah, oh, I miss it. Um, with your TikToking on there, mm-hmm. you. You've got a lot of attention and followers from uh, doing a lot of the anime and cosplaying on there. Mm-hmm. Will, will, do you feel pressure to keep putting that out there? Or do you want to branch out and try <clears throat> a couple other areas? or like, And not just areas in terms of completely new content, but areas in terms of other characters to cosplay. Yeah, so... When I first started, it was like a joke. I thought, like, haha, my hair is growing long. I'm going to look like Spike Spiegel soon. Oh. And I posted a video and it got like 20,000 views. I was like, even the pajama pants. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, and then, like, as my hair was growing, I was like, I'll do some more videos. And then I genuinely, like, actually liked it. And so my friends were like, oh, I see you chasing the clout. I'm like, no, like, I genuinely, like, find joy in doing this. And yeah. it's cool that I can have people to talk to about it. Um, and then I got my haircut, and ever since that haircut, uh-huh. I've been hesitant on like filming Spike stuff because it just won't feel as right because the hair is kind of like was a big part of it. Sure. Um, like even though I have like all the or, or people say like I have a persona down and like I'm like their favorite Spike Spiegel cosplayer, uh-huh. I'm a little hesitant of like going back to that right now. Um, but in terms of like what I want to do in the future. I don't really feel a pressure anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to make sure that I never fall into that trap of like feeling like I had to limit myself and that my happiness was like contingent on other people's wants on my videos. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to follow that since I was really young just because I know like a lot of YouTubers always go through this whole I want to do what I want to do phase. Like, I thought <laughs> I was doing what I wanted to do, but then I got so caught up in YouTubing that I no longer am doing what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so, like, right now, it just happens that, like, since I've had a chance to finally express how much I like anime and action, mm-hmm. um, that's just, like, part of my inspiration. But gotcha. if I find something I want to do, I'm probably going to do it. I'm just going to, like, sorry, followers, I'm weird, deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But right. it just happens that anime is a big inspiration right now. Gotcha. Like, this sounds really weird and random, but I thought it would be really cool if you did. Like, I'm a big fan of 
slice of life, but like actual slice of life for people. <laughs> so like, I love videos of when people start their day and then they go like on a hike and mm-hmm. like, I don't know, or they start their day and they go do something else. And it's like, I, I like that idea of where they, they film like getting out of bed, pouring mm-hmm. coffee or getting breakfast. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's just like, Oh, like any day can lead to something special. Like it, yeah. it's, it's that simple. And there's something like there's certain TikTokers or Instagrammers, whoever YouTubers, the, the way they edit and film that, it, mm-hmm. the music and everything that goes with that. Like, Oh, like I feel like that's something that you would be able to do really well. Yeah. I think about that. And I was like, I don't know if my brain quite works like that. Like I want to do it, but I'm afraid to try it. <laughs> it's just like a such a different style mm-hmm. um than what i'm used to but i've been thinking about doing it definitely oh, you definitely i i think you should like i love seeing your stuff and every time i'm like mm-hmm. oh i'm really nervous to try it the amount of nervous that you feel i feel like you end up doing so much researching and <laughs> like because <laughs> yeah. of that nervous energy you just put so much more of yourself into it which enhances mm-hmm. your skills which makes it good overall but right. <laughs> like I, I would love to see it. Um, I think it'd also be cool to do. Uh, like, I what's her name? Um, Alana Pierce. She released a video of like what it was like the last year and the mm-hmm. pandemic, where it was just like waking up and like she would have major uh, issues that happened across the world in the video, like in the background on the TV. But it just essentially showed her trapped inside her apartment and i was like oh like that's so neat to put like it's a simple video of just watching someone hang out in their apartment like Mm -hmm. there's no dialogue by her but it conveyed a lot on there and i feel like you would be able to capture that as well Hmm. i'll send you the video (laughs) i'm watching now (laughs) i'm like skimming through yeah it's um and now that i've tried to understand more of certain directors and the way that they film and what it is about their technique that really captivates me. It's Mm -hmm. interesting, really dissecting and picking that apart and things that I like. And um, I wanted to see, you talked about one person already that uh, heavily influenced you. Do you have any others that you still look at today and try and take techniques from them or. Um, Let me think. So I've definitely, like, there's been a lot of things that have, in general, inspired me. Mm-hmm. But some of the people that I still kind of look at today include um, Peyton, Peyton Peltier on YouTube. Okay. He's this guy. Um, how do I describe him? I don't think he necessarily does all the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. But the way he films, it gives me... So let me back up. So Dustin Shepard, this guy is like, he can take simple footage and just make it beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it was really inspiring because I learned that he had the same start as me. Like he just started with Mondo's Movie Maker. Yeah. Didn't use any special effects and just captured things and relied on his filming and cutting to make a good story. Mm-hmm. And he like truly made like tricking look beautiful. Like we always thought tricking was just like this thing that you do you can't really film it and make it look beautiful, but he did it. Um, Peyton Peltier, he usually films like a lot of models and stuff, which I think is fun, but um, not necessarily necessarily something I do. Sure. The way he uses his music and the songs he chooses and his shots are just outstanding. So I try and kind of like match his energy when possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually like when I'm filming other people. Um, there's, um, oh no. Oh, Julian the Bass, or I always forget his name, or Julian Bass, Julian Bass on TikTok. I think you've probably seen his videos, but he's this um, black content creator. So that's like really inspiring that he's like a nerdy black guy like me. Uh He does like a ton of special effects, um, anime stuff, cartoon stuff, superhero stuff. Um, And so he was like one of the few people that inspired me um, when I just joined TikTok. He was one of the first people I followed. I was like, ooh. I'm going to try and do yeah. some of the stuff he does because some of uh-huh. his videos reminded me of my own videos. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's Dustin, Peyton, Julian, and um, 
in the past, I was also very inspired by, um, like Kev Jemba, Wong Fu Productions. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like, <laughs> yeah, like I was, I forgot how I got into like the Asian YouTube side of things, but they were a huge influence on, um, just like learning how to cut, mm-hmm. um, talking on camera, um, framing, um, Anna Akana, um, oh, her videos her. influenced my vlogs quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And one day I had to like stop myself. I was like, wait, she's influencing too much. Be original. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, Asian YouTubers, um, played a big role in my, in like how I learned how to navigate the video and editing world. That's fair. I, I liked a lot of those guys too. Um, <laughs> uh, like Wong Fu Productions was probably the first one that I really fell deep in where I, mm-hmm. be- because all three of them helped make different videos. I, mm-hmm. by watching them, I was like, oh, Wes made this one because mm-hmm. I can tell the color palette that he used and I could tell the kind of the energy that went into it. And I was like, oh, Phil made this one. Uh, I can see the way they shot it and like his vision on there and what mm-hmm. the, like the emphasis and the close-ups on the uh, characters that are acting in there, uh, the actors. I was like, oh, like it, it's interesting to pick that apart. And they were the first ones to help me notice that. And then, there was, um, I watched uh, a lot of Just Kidding stuff, or mm-hmm. JK Films, which yeah. became JK New, and I don't know, they had freaking JK everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, watching them, and I was like, oh, wow, like, it was neat to watch them grow from just two guys, and then more people started coming, and they kept growing and putting out different content. I, I haven't followed them recently right now i think i only follow uh like bart and geo but Mm, yeah yeah and then it like it's fascinating to see them grow with their content Mm -hmm. they're supposed to put a movie out i don't know if that's still in the works or not oh yeah i've i haven't kept up with them as much i've seen them like every now and then they pop up on my instagram like okay kids doing well yeah getting big (laughs) so (laughs) I, i didn't know they're making a movie uh, they now I could be super out of the loop because I heard this a while back, but I know they were talking about it. Uh, I know Bart and Joe really wanted to do that, and I think Casey mm-hmm. was going to be the one to help film. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know where that is in the the pipe work because I know at least for Bart, he's got the barbell grade, and they moved into new offices, and um, like he's just I feel like they have a lot going on. So, mm-hmm. like, getting that movie is real difficult. But hopefully they go through. Like, I felt like that was something they really wanted to do for a long time. So, yeah, it's hard because I feel like the YouTubers don't get a lot of respect for when they do make a movie or they try to break out of that scene. Like, I felt like mm-hmm. Wong Fu had a really hard time with that. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of pressure. Um. I think especially on YouTube, which is why I think TikTok is a good place to go because people are more um, accepting of you, like making changes and growing. Mm-hmm. YouTube people like want consistency so bad, and it's never sat right with me. Like I always feel like you need to remember that your artists are artists and not robots, and art yeah. comes from a person. And people grow, so as people change, their art has to change, mm-hmm. unless they are purely dedicated to making a profit and not expressing themselves then it won't change but if they actually if their art is an actual representation of themselves their art is going to change their music is going to change whatever they do is going to evolve as they evolve yeah i i feel like <laughs> it, it's a solid representation of how artists are treated in real life <laughs> like <laughs> yep <laughs> like people are ruthless and they go oh, you went to college for an art degree or you went for something else that's not um, something that would be considered very profitable as soon as you got out. But mm-hmm. at the same point, like people are like, oh man, this place looks boring or oh, there's nothing here. And right? I, think, <laughs> like, I think people really undervalue <laughs> how much art enhances life. Like without right. it, you wouldn't enjoy any of the content that you watch. Like, right. TV it, got us through the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> like people are like oh yeah like, i watch netflix or i watch uh whatever's on tv i go through it i was like 
there's someone editing all of the film that's on there, putting mm-hmm. it together and like writing scripts and like there's so much work that goes into it and it's just I feel like we take all that content but we don't appreciate the people who produce that. Yeah. But you're Absolutely. saying TikTok is the place that shows the most love for uh, creators, huh? Yes. Like, don't get me wrong. There's like some there's some toxic stuff in TikTok. Like, there's on any like there is on any app. But overall, like the support I've seen, I've never seen anywhere else except for on TikTok. That's awesome, man. I, for me, an outsider looking in, I see TikTok and it's just I see a lot of trends where it's people, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, I'm doing all the latest dance moves and I'm you know, whatever challenge that happens to be, which that goes on Instagram as well. Sometimes YouTube, Mm -hmm. depending on how how big it is. But it's it's just, I personally, that's not the content for me. I I think it's an easy layup just to be like, oh, like this is what, you know, is going through. And and I don't know. I (laughs) It depends how much it interests me because there are some content where I'm like, ooh, I like this. Like the chicken Mm -hmm. sandwich wars. I was really... uh, (laughs) I was heavily invested in that. But there there are others where I'm just like, yeah, I just I I, I don't care about this too much. But when people mm-hmm. make parodies of something that's on there, then like I'm a fan of that, which yeah. then in and of itself makes its own content and its own challenge. Like Oh be careful, that's how I got sucked in. I was making parodies. <laughs> and then people were like, wait, no, this is actually good. I'm like, wait, it is, and then okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually uh that's actually my um my tiktok profile let me oh. check just to be sure um i was like yes photographer videographer who caves and got tiktok hey <laughs> <laughs> I, I drank the kool-aid and joined the dark side <laughs> <laughs> i think uh when i first started i had it as i used to make tiktok parodies but now i make real ones and i changed it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like that <laughs> well man um I had a great time film or filming. <laughs> That'd be cool to do one day, although I'm not a very interesting person. But I had a good time <laughs> talking with you, man. Me too. It was a blast. Yeah. Um, where can people find all your work? Like, what's a, a good spot for them to check out your stuff? Yeah. So for most of my social media, if you type in RJ underscore hooks, um, you'll find me. So, like, I don't have much on Reddit, but I do have, like, one or two, like, viral posts on Reddit. So you can check that there. <laughs> Um, that's my Imgur, that's my Instagram, and that's my TikTok. And on YouTube, um, I think if you type RJ Hooks, I'll type up. If not, you can type Rodney Hooks, and I should pop up. And then I'll have more of my like longer videos, although it's been kind of dry because of the pandemic, but I still post there. Awesome. Well, when I post everything up on there, man, I'll be sure to put your links in the post and everything on there so people can uh, find you easier. Thank you. Of course. Well... Thanks, man, and thanks, everybody, for listening in. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Bye.